Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. The Stull Community of Faith Church is located where we like to say Topeka and Lawrence meet at 1596 East 250 Road, Lecompton, Kansas. We invite you to join us as we worship each Sunday at 11 o'clock a.m. We are currently seeking a pastor to lead our church family. So may you be blessed as we welcome today's guest speaker, Brennan Feebeck, student at Baker University. So before I dive into the message today, me and Allie, we were driving back home yesterday or last week. We went out to lunch with mom and dad and I just, I remember looking at him like, I mean, that church is awesome, you know, because it lasts. So we moved from Chinook when I was 14 and every church that I've been in has kind of been like, like they try to get this concert feel to it and have all these lights going and all this stuff and just trying to make it a concert feel. And then like I get in the car and I'm looking at Alan, I'm like, man, like I could feel God's presence there. And I think that's amazing how, you know, it's simple. Like we have two pianos and then we had a guitar player last week and then we had singing and it was just simple. And it's like, you know, God's still there. So I wanted to thank you guys for just reminding me how awesome and endless God's love is. And like, you don't have to put on a show for God, like he's gonna be there. So I just wanted to say thank you guys for bringing that realization back to me. Well, thank you for coming here. Yeah, it's awesome, I love it. Like, I remember I walked into meetings on Monday and um, the coaches were like, cause I, I missed some meetings on Sunday cause we had to break down film and all that. And they're like, where were you yesterday? I'm like, I was preaching and then I got to, got to talk to them about like, I'm in Stoll and you know, they're like, oh, Stoll. I'm like, cause you guys know like the, the thought about Stoll, you know, I'm like, hey, I went to this church. It was awesome. People love God and you know, they didn't boo me. So that was good enough for me. And so I, I heard a little booing when you were bragging about the Missouri church. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if I was bragging about it. It's more of a shame thing at this point in the year. That's why, yeah, see, that's why it's, it's underneath this. It's probably going clean future yeah. Yep, it is. Yeah. And that's the realization of being a college student as well. You don't, you don't do your laundry as much as you should. Good thing I'm getting married in December. All right, let's get to, let's get to the message. So today I'm talking about furthering the kingdom. This is, you know, furthering the kingdom of God. Um, one thing that I pride myself on, and I always tell myself, people are always like, oh, wow, you're, you're a good Christian, like, I see you going to church. I see you reading your Bible. I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but but I like to call myself more than a Christian. I got this from my pastor in Chinook. He's, he called himself a kingdom citizen. I'm like, man, that's powerful. Because when you talk about citizenship, like on earth, like I'm a United States citizen, and that holds a lot of power. That gives me the certain unalienable rights um, that are in the Constitution. And that's just, I mean, it's powerful to say you're part of a certain citizenship. And so when I say I'm a kingdom citizen, I feel like that holds a lot of weight. Like, I am a, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And just the power that holds, it's like, man, that's, a, that's the only citizenship that I need to care about. Luckily, I'm part of the greatest country in the world, and that's a blessing from God. But hey, I'm also part of his kingdom. So when I, when I talk about furthering the kingdom, I'm talking about furthering the kingdom of God. And I'm coming, I'm coming to you with this perspective that I'm a, king, I'm a kingdom citizen. So to achieve, to achieve like furthering the kingdom of God, the first thing I, I think we have to do is have fellowship within the kingdom of God. Um, and then 
right here, I said, fellowship with each other is crucial for diving deeper into the kingdom of God. It's, it's what we're doing today, right? Like we're coming here worshiping God. We're, we're talking to each other. We're talking about the positive things that we've had to happen in our life. Um, some stuff that we need to put on the, the prayer request list. And it's just building that bond and fellowship and just really, really coming together for that goal. Like, yeah, hey, we're all kingdom citizens. We all know where we're going. And we're going to cherish that and um, really take off with it. So the first verse that I got is um, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Which I thought that was pretty awesome how our children's message talked about sharpening ourselves. Um, so now I'm going to get to this. Everybody knows what this is, right? So we called this, it was a very... Um, so for the past seven years... I worked maintenance at the Spring Hill Recreation Commission. And so maintenance means a lot of lawn mowing. And so I always had to go, I was, I was the blade sharpener. And I always had to go get the blade and just sharpen it. And I did not like it because that noise, and then you get the shards of metal coming up on you. And I was supposed to wear glasses, but I didn't. Don't tell my boss. And so um, just, just looking at this picture right here, I mean, I, I, can, I can hear sounds, and I can see the, those, those metal shards just coming off. But, you know, it's not like the olden days. Like, I think, I don't know what is on this, this roll thing, but I don't think it's iron. Is it iron? Stone. Stone. That's what I thought. I was going to say. But, you know, I'm, I'm picturing myself like, you know, if, if they had mowers back in Jesus' time, they would have used iron to sharpen iron, right? So I'm going to kind of uh, uh, modernize this, okay? So if we go back to Proverbs 21, 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So right here, we have metal being sharpened. And then, talking about fellowship, it can be uncomfortable, right? So let's go back to this picture here. Like when I see this, I hear this eerie noise of metal just getting, just getting grinded, and it's not a comfortable noise. And I think that's a true reflection of um, how fellowship can be, like amongst us. Because you're going to have to have those uncomfortable conversations, and it's not going to be fun. Like you're going to have to hold people accountable. I know I have accountability partners. Some of the players on the football team, they're my accountability partners. I say, hey, if I'm ever dragging or if I'm not bringing the energy, I want you to come up and I want you to tell me. And they, they're, like, they're like a deer in the headlights. I'm like, I know it's going to be weird for you, but I need that because, like, I'm telling myself I got to bring the energy every day. And if I'm not, I need you to get out of your comfort zone and come up and make it known. It happened two times throughout the whole year. And one of them was because the kid ran the wrong route. So he just wanted to retaliate at me. But so it really didn't. So really, it was only once. And I told the kid, I said, thank you after practice. But um, I think this picture is like a really good representation of like fellowship because you have you have iron on iron and it's it's grinding and it's going to be uncomfortable the noise it's going to be weird and it's not going to be fun and people are going to get their feelings hurt and sometimes they could get sensitive it's just going to be uncomfortable another thing that i got from that picture is true fellowship can be in, is intentional um, so if you've ever sharpened a mower blade the first pass you you, you put it through and you pull it out and you're like man that wasn't a good one. So you gotta go back and you gotta lean into it. You gotta try to find the angle that makes the sharpest 
the sharpest blade, right? And so you go again and you look. It's like, all right, it's getting there, but you got to keep on going back. And so when we're talking about true fellowship in the kingdom of God, it's intentional. It's, you, have to, you have to have a goal in mind. Like your goal when you're sharpening that mower blade is to get, get a blade that's going to cut the grass easier. So you have to go in and you have to cut it. And if it's not right, all right, well, I got to go back to that support group. All right, I got to go back. All right, am I good now? I'm getting there. All right, I got to go back again. So it's intentional. You have to keep it going and you have to have that goal in mind. And then the last thing about true fellowship, it's consistent. Just like the mower blade, like I said, it's going to take a few passes and you have to keep going. And then once you mow, like once you go out and you cut all the grass, what happens? Your blade gets dull. So you got to go put it through the, through, the, um, to the, through the grinder again. And it's just consistent. You can't ever stop that if you want to really dive into this kingdom of God. So my next... Uh, set of verses is Matthew 28 17 through 20 it says when they saw him they worshiped him but some doubted then Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the end of the age so when I read that this is probably this is probably my ADHD talking because like this was totally off topic. But when I read that, I'm like, that's why the Crusaders did their stuff back in the, like during the Crusades. Like, oh, they were, this was what they did when they went over there and just slaughtered everybody that wasn't a Christian and refused to be a Christian. And so like it just, that was bothering me all week that I, that, that was my realization. But um, like when we're reading this, we got to read it because we also know God's love. And so now I'm going to fast forward this to a story time. So um, this past, well, it happened in the spring of last year. I tore up my shoulder pretty good. Um, I, I was playing football at practice and like got my arm out here and kind of hit back. I was like, oh, it's just a stinger. And then like five minutes went by and like, I can't breathe. And so, you know, we go through that. And I'm like, yeah, something's not right. I make it through then because that was when playoffs were. And it just wasn't feeling right. And then, because like before, before this injury, I was like all invested in sports. You know, I was, I come in as a freshman and I got playing time. I was a starter. I was the, because at Baker, we run a two tight end set and I was a second tight end. And then they put me at receiver sometimes. So, you know, I was, I was living that life. I was a freshman getting playing time. It was awesome. And then this injury happened my, the spring semester my sophomore year. And then so I try rehabbing and I get through playoffs. I'm like, man, something's not right. And so I rehab over the summer and rehab, rehab, rehab. I went to the doctor, they said it was impingement or something like that. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I go and I rehab, I rehab, I rehab. And it turns out, you know, like I get, I get into fall camp and I go to my physical because I had to do a physical before the um, season started and the doctor was like man your shoulder has like no no like mobility well yeah but it's impingement I'm just going to keep on I'm going to keep on uh, you know doing therapy and getting through it and I'm like because this is my junior year and the guy in front of me graduated so like I'm the dude like I'm this is my team I'm the tight end let's go this is going to be awesome 
And so I get into fall camp, and then she's like, well, you're going to get MRI um, next Tuesday, so we're just going to keep you in helmet. I'm like, oh, okay. So a week passes, and um, I didn't stay in the helmet. I, I got shoulder pads on, and the, the OC, he was kind of crazy. He was like, does it hurt? I said, no. And he's like, well, put on shoulder pads. We're going to run some routes. I'm like, all right, all right, let's do it. So I'm running around. I run a slant route. And I tried diving for the ball, landed on my shoulder. I'm like, oh, no. And, like, I couldn't move my shoulder at all. So now I'm, like, freaking out. And so I go get the MRI, get the results back two weeks later. It was a torn labrum and a torn rotator cuff. And there was, like, some shoulder blade issues going on there. So I'm like, dang. And so I went to the doctor. I'm like, all right, what's, what's, what's the game plan here? And they're like, well, your shoulder's messed up. Like, I said, yeah, I know that. I've been dealing with it for six months. And I'm like, what, what do you think I should do? And then he started feeling around, and he found out, like, at that point I could get my shoulder back right here. And he's like, what position do you play? I said, eh, tight end, wide receiver. He's like, well, you kind of need to, you know, get full extension. And I'm like, yeah. And then so he told me, he's like, you know what? We're going to do surgery. The MRI results weren't 100% accurate. So, um, because I guess when in the MRI I was moving around, which surprises me. I, I can't sit still, so I wasn't too surprised when I heard that. Um, I, I do that, and he's like, we get the MRI results, and he's like, all right, well, I mean, you can play, but you're going to go through a lot of pain. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get surgery, and I'm going to prepare for my senior year. Because at that point, I had two years of eligibility after that because we had a free COVID year so I'm like alright I'm going to come back get three years and then I'll get my three years because this will be medical redshirt so I'm like alright I'll just get surgery and then like I get surgery September 18th and then I'm, I'm hitting rehab hard and rehab is not going good and then so I go to the doctor and he's like Brendan I don't know if your, your shoulder is going to get above 80% usage and I'm like at that point I'm fig I knew I was going to propose to Allie and I'm thinking like I don't know if I'll be able to like interact with my kids and I, I got all this stuff on my plate. So I talked to Allie, I talked to my parents, and I'm like, you know, the best decision for me is say sports are done. I'm like, dang. And it and it was terrible. I remember crying in my room, I'm like, man, I've invested 14 years of my life into sports and then it's gone. And like me, knowing who I am, I'm like a real statistically driven person. So like I was always trying to get the most catches, most yards. If I was playing basketball, trying to get the most points and rebounds. In track, I was trying to break the, you know, any record, like the time records or the jumping records. And I was just like, statistics were what I was motivated by. And then so I'm sitting here praying. And then this verse pops up in uh, one of my, one of my, uh, readings um i read this verse i'm like man i've been doing this all wrong like been so focused on sports and all these statistics and then i told i remember telling myself i said you know what Sp yeah statistics are important to me and that's something that i don't think will ever change because i'm always looking like ah, how many statistics you know and so i'm like i gotta i gotta change my mind to worry about the right statistics so i remember sitting in my dorm room i'm like all right the only statistic I care about is how many people I can get in the kingdom of God. So ever since then, I've just been trying to work and trying to, you know, find out how I can draw these people closer to God, how I can expose 
this person that says, you know, yeah, God's not real. How can I expose them to the love of God? Um, and it's been a journey, but this, this, um, this year, yeah, it was the second week of August. I was sitting in my dorm room. I'm like, man, I need, I need to do something with this football team because now I got some power because I'm a student coach. And I wasn't thinking about, you know, oh, I'm just, I'm just a student coach. Like, I have no power. I'm just a has-been football player. Like, yeah, I had no power. But then I was like, man, you're, you got coached by your name. Like, people, kids are calling you coach. I'm like, oh, you got some power. I'm like, all right. So I tell myself, I'm like, well, I got some power. I'm just going to go out on a limb. I'm going to start a Bible study. So I, I hit up three kids. I said, hey, this is weird. I'm reaching out to you because I felt this urge from God to say, hey, I want you to start a Bible study with me. I reach out to them. And they're like, oh, we've had a group chat going about, you know, planning a Bible study. I'm like, this is awesome. So then I'm like, all right, let's get a group chat going. So we get a group chat. We got like nine. Well, we probably had seven kids at that time. And we're just like, you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to do what we can. Um, Allie was, Allie was, so that Tuesday, Allie's cousin had a heart transplant. So it went Tuesday, or that was Wednesday, right? Was it a Wednesday? It was a Wednesday. He got it on a Wednesday. He got it on a Wednesday. So we got told Tuesday night, like, hey, he's going in and getting a heart transplant. Wednesday was the transplant, and then Thursday was our first Bible study. I'm like, all right, the devil's trying to put some block, it's blocks up. And I'm like, all right, hey, we're going we're gonna to do this Thursday night, 8.30. Um, and Allie was gone. I'm like, she just got a cat, too, like a week before. I'm like, I can't have this cat run around. So I'm like, all right, we're going to my fiance's house. It's going to be just dudes, and we're going to figure out how we're going to run this Bible study. And so we get in there, and I'm like, well, we're going to schedule about our side. We get in there, and we start talking about God and all this stuff and all this crazy stuff he's done. Well, we were in her house at like 1130, and then she came back at like, she came back at 10. She's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, we're, we're really deep into it. Just, and her house is like 400 square feet. So I'm like, just go to the back with the animals. Like, we're diving in the word. I'll be out of here soon. And so it's just, it's been awesome. That was, that was us getting out and just really focusing on furthering the kingdom. And to do that, kind of diving into that fellowship aspect of just, you know, figuring out what God's done in our life. And it's awesome because last week, or two weeks ago, uh, we had 17 kids there. So like we double our size. I'm like, man, this is awesome. And like, I look at all those kids and I'm like, yeah, we got 17 kids there. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this like God's doing work at Baker. And then I look at, I start doing this like counting of what grade they're in. And we had seven freshmen, six sophomores, um, one junior, um, and two seniors. And then I forgot the other two or whatever it was. But um, I'm like, they're going to be here for a while too. And so it's really cool to, to uh, just go on that limb and like, man, like let God do the work, you know, but just, just be willing to, to bring people in. And it, it's been awesome. Those people are on, or those kids are on fire for God. Um, we were just talking like at halftime. We were down 6-0 yesterday at halftime. And I had one of the kids, um, his name's Truman Julesgard, one of my favorite kids I've ever met. He's like, he's like, Coach, I really messed up. I said, why? He said, 
I didn't have love in my heart when I lit that kid up. I'm like, hey. I tell myself Jesus loves football, all right? So he probably is looking down and says, nice hit. And I said, did you help him up? He said, yeah, I helped him up. And I said, Jesus loves you. I'm like, there you go. You're witnessing too. So it's just really cool to see those kids. It's like, you know, we got that. Um, it was our last football game. So I went up to him and gave him a hug. And, like, it was kind of surreal because I'm like, man, this last time at, I'm at Baker's football field, like, you know, as part of the program. And it was just, it was awesome because they all came up and gave a hug to me. I'm like, man, like, it's crazy how much God can work in two and a half months. And so, um, so yeah, it's just amazing. And right here, this is what we talked about on our first night. We are called to be the light. We're called to be the light of the world. Um, we were just, we were just trying to figure out that first night, like, man, how can we share the love of Jesus and just show what, what he is to us? And then so we start talking. And this is why I came up and said, we are called to be the light. Like, be happy. And my goal, like I, tell, I told him, I said, my goal at every practice is for a kid to come up and say, why, why are you so energetic? Why are you so happy all the time? And my, I already know my response. I love Jesus. And I got the joy of Jesus in my heart, you know. And so it's just been really awesome. Um, and the cool thing about, like, going out on a limb, because I was scared. And I told Allie, I'm like, Allie, I know I got to do this, but like, what if they don't come? And then she's like, hey, that's not, that's not your call. Like, God will take care of it. If, if God's telling you to do it, he's not just going to say, all right, there you go. You're out on your own. No, like, and then God's always with us. So it's like, well, if I, if I fall, he's going to catch me. If it doesn't go good, then he's going to open up another door. So when we're putting ourselves out there, um, you know, God's always with us. And that's what I always tell myself. If I... If I see, like, if I see a homeless person, I'm, I'm going to go get him food and be like, like, there's that worldly sense of, man, I'm nervous. Like, you know, they could, they could do something. But then it's like, God's got me, you know, he's going to take care of me. So just putting ourselves out there and knowing like, man, we got the person or we got the, we got the God that defeated death behind our back. Like, what can the world do to me? It's just, that's just something that, that's always reassured me, um, that, you know, yeah, I'm going to screw up because I'm human, but hey, that person right there, he's got, he's got an army of angels, and he, he defeated death. So that's, that's always reassured me. Um, and then I got this from, from my home church. Uh, he says, an empty seat in the house of the Lord is a problem. And I know, like, stole Kansas, right? Like, there's, there's, how many people live here? handful yeah, right how many people live in Stoll? like none of you Man. but the cool thing is hey how many people all right let's ask this question how many people have friends friends yes just friends in general just friends in general hey everybody's got hands up right how many has friends who aren't believers there you go. Everybody also has their hands up. And, and that's something I've dealt with. I've tried dealing with. But like, when he told me this, I'm like, empty seats in the house of the Lord is a problem. Like, I can't make somebody believe in God. But my dad was telling me about his, or he was telling, he actually came and talked to the Bible study this past Thursday night. And he was telling me, he's like, he's like, yeah, I got, I got talked into because somebody promised me pizza and pop. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, that's a high school kid. And so 
<laughs> and so it's like, I, I kind of view the Bible study as, I mean, it's not in the church. It's in the same room we do our offensive meetings. So like, I tell myself like our OC, he uses a lot of profanity. So I'm trying to trying to even out the the F-bombs with what I call J and G bombs, like Jesus and God bombs. Like, hey, let's even it out. And so I view that as a um, kind of a house of the Lord. Like, we need to try to fill this place up. And I'm, I'm bringing cookies and bringing hot cocoa one night. I'm just trying to, you know, get these people. I'm trying to plant the seed to these people. And, like, we can't control everything these people do because we have free will, right? But we can at least, you know, go out on a limb and try to, try to bring them into the house of the Lord and see what God can do for them. And then the last thing I got, um, we know the power of God and we are called to show others the love and power that our Father has. Um, I mean, if you, if you look at everything He's done for us, it just blows my mind. Like, I start to think about it. Um, he sent His only Son to die on the cross for us. And, like, obviously I don't have any kids, but I can't imagine, like... If, if God told me, he's like, all right, you got to send your dog to go die for, for, you know, like the whole humanity. I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. Like my dog. So like to send your son, like that's true love um, and the power. I like to think, because like in the Bible, I don't know if I've ever like specifically read in the Bible. Like, yeah, we know Jesus died and he rose again three days. What, I always question, like, what happened during those three days? And I tell myself, because there's this song, it's called The Champion by Carmen. And it's talking about, like, it's, it's a boxing match. Like, Jesus died, and then he's, he's, he's gone to hell. And he's, like, he's, he's fighting the devil, and it's like a ten-round um, boxing match. And that's, that song, it's like, man, like, that's powerful. He went to hell on, on, on the devil's turf, and he said, all right, let's fight. And then he beat him. And so, I mean, there's, there's nothing more powerful than that. When you have a God that defeated death on your side, you can do anything in the world. As, as long as you, you're doing it for the right reasons and, you know, you're doing it for the glory of God, you can do anything you want. So, thank you guys today. Um, we, got, we got a few more people today. That's awesome. And thank you guys again. Like, this, this community you guys have is awesome. Um, Next week, we did have meetings today, but next week, we, we're going to have at least six college, college uh, kids with us. So, it should be fun. So, with that, do you, do you want me to call it off a closing prayer? Alright, dear Lord, thank you for bringing us here again. Um, worshiping you, talking about how, how fellowship is important in your kingdom. And just furthering your kingdom of God. Um, Help us to understand that you are always, you always, you always have our back, and you always have the best interest in your heart, and you, you know where you're going to put us. So let us be receptive to your nudges and your, and your everything that you do. Help us have the confidence to plant a seed in those and in those people, and have you do the rest of the work. Amen. Amen.